1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller here with you for the next couple of hours. We're going to talk sports with you. I appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us as we go over the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, This is what's uh, coming up on the program. Matt Norlander is going to join us first and foremost. He covers college basketball for CBSSports.com. I see him a lot on 221. You read. To stuff at CBS Sports. He is their college basketball go to guy, and he will be with us here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Bill Bender uh, catches us up as we continue to, it's hard to leave, uh, find something grasping. Uh, it's strands of college football conversation. We will do that with Bill Bender coming up at about 1045 as the ratings were released. Television ratings came out yesterday. Uh, not good, as we kind of anticipated that that would be the case. Did not go well. Uh, so we'll talk with Bill Bender at 1045. Cappy at 1105. David Kaplan. Uh, Chicago, very much in the spotlight with their coach and general manager of vacancies. And maybe the best free agent signing in the history of Chicago sports has called it a career. John Lester hanging it up after he won his 200th win. A little bit of a sting, maybe. did some in a cardinal uniform, but uh, nonetheless, we will speak with Cappy at 1105. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors that. And then Mitch Holtis will slide on in here and help us out with Sunday night's uh, wild card game, the Chiefs and the Steelers, Papa John's, the Donaldsons in Central Iowa, sponsor that conversation. A lot of Iowa State here in the first segment, I'm assuming. Uh, What a game. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. What a really, I mean, look, you feel terrible for the clones again today, for their fan base, although I don't know, they have to be getting used to these type of, Losses, right?
2: You never get used to
1: it. I guess. Yeah. You know what? I did sense Trent. Um, you know, follow, reading reading Twitter um, a, after the um, after the game concluded. There's all there were a lot of Cyclone fans that I uh, seem to. And look, I'm reading a tweet, right? So mm-hmm. you don't know how it was meant to be said, but I get the sense that that. Cyclone Nation felt good to be pissed off again. Oh, absolutely. Because last year, obviously, couldn't mm-hmm. have cared less. Apathy. Right. It's good to have these feelings. And it's, you know, just look, at, you can't miss that call. You can't miss that call. That's goaltending every day of the week. The ball hit the glass, for God's sakes.
2: It should be an easy call with three officials out there. It, without a doubt. And the thing that I think is very frustrating, so that in itself is not a reviewable play. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's not a reviewable play is because it wasn't called a goaltend on the floor. Right. If it's close, as an official, you have to know our only way to get this right mm-hmm. is to make, make that call. call. Look at how
1: football officials are letting the play go now. Right. And then correcting it after it's all said and done. The quick whistle we used to see 8, 10 years ago. Precisely.
2: That has gone away because they know ultimately if they blow it dead, it's dead. Yep. But if we let it go, mm-hmm. we can go back and look and we can review it. Same thing here. Mm-hmm. If it's close in the final two minutes, and that's all it is. Final two minutes. Right is when they can review goaltending in college basketball. Now, there's an also oh, a weird part of this. The way the rule is written in college basketball, so I, I was looking at it last night. Somebody tweeted it out, a Cyclone fan, and the rule is, if the ball is still, it has to be above the rim first when it hits a glass, so which can't be blow, yeah. and it has to be on its way down. So if it's still on its way up, but they changed the rule, and so basically you can argue both sides, well, was the ball still going up? Was it below the rim? All these different parts of the rule. Ultimately, for the officiating crew, you have to make the call on mm-hmm. the floor. You have to make it, and you can go review it, and if you got it wrong, you got it wrong. That, so be it. But you have to blow that whistle. For three guys not to do that, that's tough. And for me, that's still not even the one that
1: I think is the most egregious call. Which one do you have a problem with? Robert, Jones, Robert Jones, the flagrant one? Yeah, the flagrant yeah. one. Can we stop for a second? Yeah. This is his best game as a Cyclone.
2: Absolutely. Not even close.
1: I thought he was aggressive. Mm -hmm. I thought he had a little attitude Mm -hmm. on the floor. I mean, this is a team with a whole bunch of attitudes. And a beautiful mustache. Uh, yeah, needs a little work. but ah, I like that one. It, uh, it works on him. It works on him. Uh, I want him to be, whenever the team is on the road, I want when the bus pulls up and stops and the doors open, you lead us off the bus, Robert Jones. <laughs> right. That's the guy I want walking off the bus first. Uh-huh. And Dinkton, you can go right behind him if you want. Right. But Robert Jones, I thought he played out of his mind last night. The flagrant one, to your point, the way that it was explained to the officials who were in their a basement or wherever they did the game from. Mm. I mean, how do you not go to Lawrence? I know. Right? And I get that the Big 12 is trying to build ESPN Plus. Come on. That game was on ESPN Plus. Right. Top right? 15 game. It's a just it was a disgrace. But it's not the first time and sadly it won't be the last time. Mm-hmm. Get over it, Miller. It's the way the—I get it, I get it, I get it, but that game shouldn't be on TV, period. you got a microphone two hours a day. That's right, and I'm going to express my and opinion. And I'm going to pitch about it with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but the explanation was that he—that whoever—well, um, it, was, it was Coleman Lance—had established his presence behind Jones. Therefore, Jones had to know he was there. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> you don't have eyes in the back of your head. Uh-huh. He might have been there. And I don't even think, regardless, I don't think, I mean, it wasn't intentional. There was, there was no intent of malice whatsoever, in my opinion. I thought it was a bad call. And the, the Oklahoma State color guy, what's his name? and Whatever. Brendan? Bre- Brendan Godden? I don't know what his name is. The color guy. He's done Big 12 for a long yeah. time. Um, you'd, you'd know him if you see him. He was saying the whole same thing. It's yeah. basketball play. It basketball is, play. Yeah, that was the one. I just
2: I don't know how. What are we trying to clean up here? I, I understand making games safer, headshots, those kind of things. Elbows flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. You want to clean that up, but like you said, intent doesn't that have to be? There has to be at least a
1: sliver of that, right? And it just didn't feel it
2: that way. No, Regardless he didn't
1: swing his elbow in a in a vicious or malicious no. fashion whatsoever. He wasn't trying to send a message.
2: And Jayhawk fans that are saying, Well, you know, McCormick on that moving screen, that was a bad call too. Yeah.
1: Eh, come on. Right. You
2: think that was a 50 50 whistle last
1: night? It no, wasn't. No, it, 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 it wasn't. Um, it was bad on both sides, but it was uh-huh. more bad for Iowa State. It, it, well, especially with a minute 48 left in yes. the game, and there's Brockington uh, on his way to the basket. No goaltending when the ball clearly hits the glass. That should have been, you know, count the basket every day of the week. But what a finish. It was. What a finish. Wilson's shot. How's that thing yeah. go away? I don't I mean, know, Trent. Just flipping over his head.
2: Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, of course, I had to watch it last night on replay. Because, again, when we're talking about ESPN+, my internet goes out last night. So was this just a Condon issue or a West Des Moines issue? This was a Condon issue. Well, it's a CenturyLink issue in my area of West Des Moines. Okay. But don't you live by the West Des Moines cop shop? Yes. So their internet's out? Well, who knows? I have had CenturyLink out a half dozen times, and they just basically said, we're in a dead zone. And you're never going to have fast speeds, and this is going to be a problem last night. It cropped up in a big way. So I got the UNI game that's coming down to the wire on my phone. Mm -hmm. I'm watching on the TV, streaming, and then all of a sudden, spinning. Is that a TV problem? Look at my phone. Nope, spinning too. Oh, boy. Oh, great. Here we go. So flip off Mm. my Wi-Fi, just use data on my phone, get the UNI or the Iowa State game then on my phone, Mm -hmm. back up to watch literally... The last shot of the game. By the time I got back into it, it was the ball was it, just and coming Calcher out. had of a hit. look
1: too. He had a look. He had a look, and he
2: shot it well. He last did. Night. He did two corner threes. Now the yep. one with the minute left, and that's yeah. and that's right when it went out. So it goes out right as that ball goes through the bucket. I'm like, all right, I got time to get back into it. I'll load it back up. It, disaster mm. for me. That's a me problem, right? And Google Fiber get figured out in West Des Moines. He put the oh, so they're right. coming out
1: there. Well, they say they are,
2: mm-hmm. but. supposed to be done by now. It's January. It's 2022. It's frustrating. I get it. It's absolutely frustrating. And this is another part, though, of this ESPN Plus that I'm sure I'm not alone. Somebody else probably had an issue that happened Mm -hmm. last night.
1: Wi-Fi was slow. Whatever it is. And these are the frustrating parts. Although, of the to, be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to an extent, I mean, when the when there's a thunderstorm, Direct TV's right, you know, yes. bye bye, right,
2: exactly, and then you get into that, right? Your same thing. You're all right. You got to jump out your phone or your tablet, mm-hmm. and watch it that way. There are frustrations, but the ending there, as you said, Wilson's shot was asinine, mm-hmm. and Kelsher had a look. I don't oh, know man. how you can be. There's no Hunter was going one on three yeah. into the paint he if, had, if he, he, if he, he to tried to go ball. to the tin. Yeah. So. He made the right decision. There. And he played well last night, too. Yes, he, he did. He's really coming on. Yep. You love the way that he uh-huh. controls the game, the flow that goes through it. Brockington, who wasn't great offensively until in the last six Absolutely, Trent. You're right. Then that mid-range game got going. Mm-hmm. should have two more points with the goal 10 going mm-hmm. off the wrong foot. Yeah. <laughs> Just that play. But his mid-range game was on point. They did everything except get mm-hmm. the W. Mm-hmm. And... They're at this point when you're fighting for NCAA seeding and getting in the top half of the Big 12. Yeah, ultimately, it's just another L on the resume. But walking away, like you said, upset, frustrated. That's a good thing for a fan. I
1: think that was my takeaway read, reading, and I didn't go to cycling fanatic because that's a different group over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's a different group over there. But um, that was my takeaway reading it on Twitter. That they felt, and to an extent, some felt good that they felt this bad and this kind of a gut punch again. Uh, what do you think of Kansas? Where, where are you on this Jayhawks team now? They didn't have Remy Martin, right? Which is, I mean, to be fair, I mean, is he their best player? Um, He's certainly in the conversation.
2: Yeah, probably the most talented off. Yeah,
1: player. Agbaji and him. I mean, those yeah. two together. And Agbaji
2: but... again. We said it yesterday. Every time you and I watch mm. a Kansas game, he's great. Yeah, he is. Doesn't, it feels like he should average 22 a game. Mm. Well, at least when I watch him. And that's him. what he got last night. And that's what he got last night. Uh, Brown was good, I thought, yep. for him, too. Yep. He played really well. Hit some big shots overall.
1: They're fine. Yep. M- McCormick him off the bench i like lightfoot off the bench yeah you know who's going to be good for them i think is adams he's got a little build to him mm-hmm. uh he looks like he's going to be a good player you did see he didn't play last night
2: again yeah yes the yes, didn't get off the bench wow coleman lands mm-hmm. he's out there a little bit but
1: well he took the he talked the shot in the eye and just start he started the second half uh, he was fouled um on a three-pointer made all three of his uh, free yeah. throws and that was it for him. And it felt scoreboard. like when they got Box down, board. what was
2: it, eight with about eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. All right, here, yeah. it, it's going to... No, but they wouldn't. And I was looking at the point spread. All right. Because I, I looked at I looked at halftime, and the live line was nine. It was nine, yeah. Nine. And I'm looking at that, all right, is this going to turn into a runout? Mm-hmm. And this Iowa State team responded once again. Oh, my. Now, it doesn't get easier. Texas is incredibly talented. And then you go to Texas Tech after that.
1: And, oh, by the way, see what they did on the yeah. road last night in Waco. Unbelievable. And after
2: the performance at Hilton, without their top two mm-hmm. players, they're going to be waiting. little payback. Yeah. Sure. They're going to be waiting.
1: Does this feel like, um, I mean, I hate to say that, f- Well, that, the fifth game of an 18-game uh, conference slate is a must-win? But it seems pretty big. It's big, yeah. I mean, it's ultimately not a must-win. I must don't want to use but, must.
2: I'll use it's right. a. It's a pretty big spot. Because after that, the schedule does ease up. After that road game next Tuesday at Texas Tech, it's TCU at home, mm-hmm. at Oklahoma State, who's not very good, mm-hmm. and Mizzou in the SEC Challenge. So, Oh, do they stop for the SEC? When, yeah. when is the SEC Challenge? That's these, uh, weekend, the weekend. 25th? The 29th. Saturday the 29th okay. is that weekend yep. uh, that they'll be playing those games. So even if they would go, worst case scenario, 0-2 here these next two games. You feel like you have a really good chance of getting the next three games, mm-hmm. getting some of those positive vibes back, and then you're into February, and away we go. So Just
1: stay out of the eight, nine. Look at I shouldn't say that there was not, no there was no conversation that this team was even going to be in. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the the quad one, boy oh boy, that one was um, a kick right in the you know what. A little too much Roy Williams for me last night. Too. Yeah, they couldn't get away, but like yeah. I get it. it's the first time he'd been back. What they say, oh two or oh three. Roy whatever Williams it was can
2: get to the game, but the
1: announcers can't. It's, it's it's unfortunate, isn't I hate it? it? I do too. I do too. Now, if the game would have gotten TV, would that have made a difference? Maybe. But they're cutting corners everywhere. Big Ten Network's on site. I mean, yeah. Big Ten Network was at uh, College Station last. I tried to watch some of that game early. You were right. At State College? Our State College? Yeah. Uh, um, Rutgers, Penn State. awful on the road. What is wrong with you? Why are you
2: watching Rutgers, Penn State? There's nothing
1: else on. <laughs> it was an early tip,
2: yeah. by <laughs> 30. Ooh, that is bad basketball. It I told was. you Rutgers, different team away from the Rams.
1: And they are. They are. You had both of your circa plays of the day yesterday. I got a few more today. Don't worry. Well, I'm, I'm, you're on a roll, so. Yeah. Hot but you'll have to wait. Good. Good, good, good. Um, John Lester retires. Yes. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. He's a really nice player. He's, and a great playoff player. Uh, ter- he had a terrific career. Jim
2: if there was a playoff Hall of Fame, yeah. he would be there with Mark Lemke yeah. and some of the other yeah. guys that in the playoffs stepped up mm-hmm. in a big way. But he's ultimately not. He's only a five-time All-Star. Is that only? Really? Five-time All-Star. Um, Finished in the top ten of the Cy Young just four times. Fourth twice, a second, really? and a ninth. Just top ten. Um That's most games he won in a year was what? I don't think did he have a twenty-win season? He eighteen was his high. That, that was in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Went eighteen and six that season. Uh best ERA that he had was with the Cubs. That was a two-four-four. Four. Uh, also had a two four-six, but overall career ERA three six six, mm-hmm. win-loss record two hundred and one seventeen.
1: Where does he rank amongst left-handers? That's what I. Would, oh, and I don't know where you would find right. that analytic. But uh, look, he had a hell of a career. Got a mm-hmm. couple of World Series championships, <laughs> two of the shiniest rings in the history of the sport. Right, breaking a curse in Boston and likewise uh, on the north side of Chicago. Just incredible, and you know, and I'm sure Cappy will echo this. The the most um, important. Free agent signing, maybe in the history of Chicago sports. Sports! Who else
2: would be as free agent signing? Of course, Jordan was drafted. Mm-hmm. Walter Payton was drafted.
1: Andre Dawson? <laughs> Greg Maddox was drafted? Yeah. And Dawson never won anything. No, Well, an MVP, right? Right,
2: on a last-place team. On a last-place team. Right.
1: right. Look, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a hell of a right, player. Right, right. I still think he's an expo, but that's is there a Blackhawk? Yeah, Marion Hosa. Okay, um, but not to the, no, not the impact that John Lester had. Rodman
2: was a trade. Yeah, I tried to go down. Right. No, I think you're right. At least at the top of the head, there's well, nothing Cap, that comes out. Well, Cap, you know
1: what? Out. If if, uh, if we can't come up with yes, it, um, Cap we the guy. will. the and he'll join us here uh, at eleven Great career, not a Hall of Famer. Sorry no, he to the there, there's a whole bunch of guys that fit into that mold. Even like he pitched a long time. He'll go into the Cubs Hall
2: of Fame. He'll Uh go into the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. He'll have a ceremony, a jersey retirement, whatever it is, but ultimately not in the Baseball Hall of Fame.
1: Baseball, very good, absolutely. Yep.
2: Not the Hall of Fame.
1: Nope, nope, not the Hall of Fame. Won 200 games, pitched 16 years. Uh, When you gave him the ball, whether it be postseason, uh, you knew you had a chance uh, if you're a fan of any of the teams that he pitched for. So an unbelievable career comes to an end, and he does so wearing a Cardinal uniform for the final time. Although, you know what he said, and I read... uh, um, Something on in this morning. That how much he appreciated his time as a cardinal for the simple fact that he got to play with Molina mm-hmm. and uh, Wayno and Adam Wayno. Oh, okay. and that meant a lot to him. Apparently, that uh, you know he was able to wear that cardinal uniform and be a teammate of those two guys late in his career. My last thing I want to talk about in this part, since you are hot and you did go eight and two, and you went two and zero oh on the circle plays of the day yesterday. What's your best bet NFL against the against the number this weekend? I mean, you can put it out there because I have no chance of catching you. No, little,
2: no, I contest. clubbed you again last week. I'm ten games over five hundred on a Friday contest. You are thirteen under.
1: And congratulations, by the way, to Andrew Downs. Yes, AD captured the Bet Rivers Wild uh, Wild Rose uh, Sportsbook of Wild Rose contest, our little bowl contest. Andrew Downs, and here to his credit too, he, he could have, you know, just kept the lid on it yep. for the championship game. But satisfied with his bankroll, he went in. He fired at Alabama. Went, he was on the wrong side. Yep. He had Alabama that made the contest a little bit closer because he was home free. But he held on and he wanted way to go. If I would have hit one of those ridiculous same-game parlays.
2: Because yeah, you got close. I did. A couple yeah. of them were yeah. very, very close. Unfortunately, another third-place finish for me. No trophy once again. Yeah. It's, it's, so, the, so the
1: champions' dinner will be smool. Yeah. Bromel camp. You get two dinners? I'm going to try. I'm going to ask. Two plates? Absolutely. And now Andrew Downs, and Andrew Downs,
2: NCAA tournament. That's the one I want to get. That's in next. the one you want to win. That's All the right. one. You know my affinity for
1: college that, basketball. That is your strong suit. So back to my question. Yeah. Give me your best bet against the spread this weekend. So I can't say Chiefs money line. No, against <laughs> okay. the number. Okay, against yeah. the number.
2: <laughs> yeah, because
1: that's obviously the
2: free square. It feels like on the
1: board. Yeah, I thought Indianapolis was last week too. You know I love dogs, and the Eagles are winking at me. Mm-hmm. And that number's nine in some places. I think DraftKings is still holding out at eight and a half, yep. but I have seen some nines. I also, I
2: like the 49ers. I liked it a lot more, that opening line, when you're getting uh-huh. four. It's down to a field goal now yep. at DraftKings. Uh, but I think Cincinnati. See, I'm with you, Trent. I couldn't agree with you more. I The Raiders team, after the mm-hmm. wildness of mm-hmm. Sunday night, quick turnaround, first game, long road trip. It just... It feels like Cincinnati's going to win this I thing. I agree with you. 31-14. Mm-hmm. It just easy win. That's the one. That's the one that's looking at me. And-
1: you know, if we, but if we were to poll um, 100 people... Wouldn't that be the consensus would be Cincinnati, don't you think? And when that happens, that worries me. Right, yeah. When and everybody feels the same, when, when all the air quotes squares, because that's what you know are, are, are that way, and I'm one of them. I'm yeah. not trying to make myself out to anything <laughs> I am different. too. I, I am no pro. Right. Even um, if I
2: do it every day, that does not make you a professional better. No, it does. It makes you sick. <laughs> I got that sickness. So I, speaking of that, let's look at right now where the money's coming in on both sides. Let me pull it up here and see. Cincinnati, 54% of the tickets. That's it? Not a ton. Mm -hmm. Uh, That surprises me. That surprises me. Now, 67% of the money, so that's a little bit higher. Uh, Let's see who has the most tickets. New Year's San Francisco. That is about 50 50. 52% of the tickets on the 49ers, 57% of the money. The biggest in terms of ticket count right now is the Bucks. Really? Over the Eagles. And you like the Eagles and I kinda like the Eagles. So we're going against the public there. Mm-hmm. Kinda I like, like that part of it. Uh seventy-five percent of the tickets and eighty two percent of the money right now on the Bucks to cover. Um, let's see. Ninety-five percent of the money right now is on Arizona, which is fifty-nine percent of the tickets. So it must be a couple of big mm-hmm. money plays uh coming in, in the Cardinals and the site that I look at. And Kansas City, sixty-two percent of the tickets, fifty-nine percent the money on the Chiefs again, this is all against the spread.
1: See, I think they'll cover. I, I don't give Pittsburgh much of a shot. I mean, take a look at the quarterbacks that are still alive in this tournament. Where, where would you where would you rank bet or of the of the ones the, the twelve that will play this weekend? Where would you rank Roethlisberger? It's got to be who's last. worse than him? It's not Jalen Hurts. It's not. It's not Garoppolo, it even
2: banked up with a bad thumb.
1: That's close.
2: It's not Kyler, it's not no, Stafford. No,
1: it's not Burrell. Mac Jones. It's Not Mac Jones? No, I don't think so. At this point, Ben can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah, it, it's Roethlisberger. I, I don't think it think is, it's, too. Yeah. And this is, look, think about what we're, what we're saying. This guy's going to leave the game and march right into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this is a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That
2: we're talking about with Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's definitely bottom of the mm-hmm. list. Who would be next to bottom, then? Is it Mac Jones? Or,
1: yeah, you know what, I Hurts. want to put Jimmy G in there, but I, uh, think back to what he did against the Rams this spring. Yeah. I don't like the way Stafford's playing. Yeah, he's not that low, though. No. I don't like the way he's playing, though. Who's the best? Still Brady? Mahomes? Mm-hmm. You can only take one. Which one of those Mahomes. two? Mahomes. I think so, too. Boy, but Brady's postseason pedigree's pretty shiny. Yes, it is. Indeed. All right, we will uh, switch gears. We're going to get into college basketball from a national perspective. With our friend Matt Norlander from CBSSports.com. Uh, Baylor losing to Texas Tech. What does that do for you? Still the best team in the Big 12. Uh huh. Doesn't. By a, is it maybe tighter than we thought? Because I thought there was Baylor. Mm-hmm. And a pretty significant gap. And I wasn't sure who that two is.
2: And I'm still not today. Got to see more Texas. I didn't see a lot of the Texas Oklahoma game last night. Mm-hmm. One, well, obviously, Saturday we'll get a real good look at yep. them against Iowa State. And that's, that's one o'clock, one, you said? One o'clock. Perfect. Beautiful.
1: But and is there TV
2: event?
1: <laughs> I, I hope so. Oh, my God. They can't do that back-to-back games on ESPN+, Plus, can they? I would think
2: not, but let's see what we got here TV-wise. Uh, not listed on my app yet, but okay. we'll find it. Mm-hmm.
1: Just felt like uh, the college basketball audience was shortchanged last night. Real quick on this. Um, we should probably give them a little bit more time. We'll give you the keyword in a second. Panthers, how about that come from behind win last night?
2: That was a huge one. They played terrible from what I was watching, what I saw. A.J. Green didn't shoot it real well again. But Noah Carter is starting to come into his own... So is he the reason that they cut that 17-point
1: deficit in the second half? He was a big
2: part of it. Austin Fife is finally getting healthy. That's good. He had COVID. And Uh he had what they call long COVID. Mm -hmm. It has really impacted him in a big Mm -hmm. way, but... If he gets back, right,
1: they're 4-1 in the conference now all of a Trent, sudden. Trent, all of a sudden, this team that we, I don't say want to say, rode off for dead. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt that way, though. It did. I mean, they their non-con, November, December was not the shiniest, right. but it's good to see. We thought they were going to be a big player. Now, Drake gets the
2: spotlight themselves tonight? Yes, yeah, they're the only local team in good. action. 7 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. CenturyLink, please work at the house tonight. Let's get that one fired up.
1: All right, time to uh, try and give you an opportunity for another $1,000 slam dunk. There was a winner in the building, WHO. Knocked one of those off uh, Monday, I believe. We had our first local winner. Uh, go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, enter the keyword thanks. That's thanks at KXNO.com. Your chance to win a $1,000. Texas, Iowa State, Yes.
2: ESPN Plus. Are you kidding me? I'm looking at the Iowa State basketball You've schedule right now at Cyclones.com. Big twelve now slash ESPN
1: plus. That's huh. It's where we are. I guess. Back to back games. Kansas and Texas are in ESPN plus. Two top fifteen games. Mm. Have you seen the forecast for Friday into Saturday, by the way? We got snow coming. Oh boy. Well, it's January. You can't bitch. I'm wearing shorts today. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Well, it's nice. I mean, look at it's it. It's beautiful. It's not bad for January day. We will come back. Miller and Condon will be joined by Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. As we take you here until noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.desmoines.com.
0: Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO
1: and 106.3 FM. Make up your mind. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Let's get to our next, our first guest of the morning, Matt Norlander. CBSSports.com. He joins us. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Matt Norlander?
3: Doing well. Happy Wednesday. How are we doing, fellas?
1: Doing fine, thank you. Let's start, uh, if you would, with Iowa State-Kansas last night. Incredibly entertaining basketball game. Obviously, the missed goaltending is pretty big talker in Cyclone Nation this morning. I get that. It should be. Uh, where are you on Kansas? And uh, then a follow-up, if you would, without asking another question. Your thoughts on T.J. Otzelberger's start uh, as he gets the reins at Iowa State.
3: With Kansas, I am pretty much where I have I have been. Um and, you know, I know it's coming off a loss against Texas Tech, but that actually looks even better now after what we saw happen on really? tonight. But at 13-2, and two, I, I've maintained that Kansas should be in that top-five discussion for best candidates to win a national championship. And Ochai is right there. I mean, by right there, I'd put him top-eight candidate for first-team All-American. He is highly efficient and one of the most valuable players in college basketball. So... I actually thought it was a good sign last night for Kansas to play as well as it did defensively because the team is showing to be a better offensive team on the whole than defensive so far. Maybe that changes. I'm not convinced it will. And it's, I think there is a defensive feeling, but I thought last night was a good sign uh, for the Jayhawks who getting that win. Uh, you know, Big 12 is a really tough league here. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that you win almost every game at home if you want to have a chance to win the conference there. So, uh Big. I'm. I'm just weighing in on Abaji overall. As for T.J. a week and a half ago, he was my pick to be maybe even less than a week and a half ago, to be honest, a week ago, uh, when Iowa State was 13 and one. My, you know, near midseason coach of the year. He's done a great job. I mean, Iowa State starts 12 and 0, and now it's one and three, but the losses are all reasonable. Homed against Baylor in a five-point game that was really good. You lose by one controversially at Kansas, could be a one or two seed. I mean, both those, Kansas and Baylor, could be one and two seeds, right? And no. then you lose at Oklahoma over the weekend. Full disclosure, I didn't see that game. I was getting in my ski runs up in <laughs> Vermont. So it was my one and only weekend off this season. So I didn't see how uh, uh, potentially uh, inadequate Iowa State was in that. But. Um, I, I still think Offenberg's done. He wouldn't be my pick right now. I think Bruce Burrell has to be your coach to your front runner as we speak here on Wednesday morning, but uh, Iowa State's defense is legit. Isaiah Brockington impresses me pretty much every game out. Gabe Kalsher, he's been he's been good. I think fans got to almost uh, not overreact to a really hot start and just assume that this team is going to be able to be as consistently um, reliable offensively as it was to start the season, but yeah, has done a great job, and I'm still maintaining that Iowa State's going to make the NCAA tournament. I think that's I think that's where it's going to be headed. Now, if you want to be reasonable, maybe Iowa State makes the tournament as an eight seed, and I guarantee you, if you went to every Cyclones fan on November first and said, "All right, you you get your pick right now," I'm telling you, you get to be an eight seed in the NCAA tournament this season, or you roll the dice and you just. Take whatever comes the other way. You could be better than an 8th seed, or you could not even make the NIT again. Every single one of them is taking an 8th seed, so just keep that in mind going forward.
2: Yes, absolutely, expectations, and going through this Big 12, it is going to be a gauntlet again this season. Well, Baylor goes down, speaking of that gauntlet last night, to Texas Tech. The new number 1 very well could be Auburn. Now, they got to get past Ole Miss Mm -hmm. this weekend. Not a great Ole Miss team, but still a road conference game. Watching that Auburn team last night against Alabama, the dudes they got, starting with Jabari Smith, who might be the number 1 pick in the upcoming NBA draft, what Bruce Pearl has done once again. Is he shady? Absolutely. We know them for his days back in Iowa when he was assistant under Dr. Tom. But that guy, he just wins. How good in your mind, though, is this Auburn team? Are they national championship good?
3: Oh, for sure. I I highlighted Tigers at CBSSports.com a week ago. I talked to Pearl last week, and they've continued to win since that happened. Um, On our Wednesday edition of the Ion College Basketball Podcast, yes, I will promo our CBS (laughs) podcast if uh, if you enjoy listening uh, to this fine radio program, then I guarantee you'll like listening to our college news podcast. We talked about Auburn and its viability for number one, and the reality is if Gonzaga and UCLA don't lose before Monday, the AP poll voters are probably not going to leapfrog Auburn up to the top of of the polls fine auburn's never been number one in its history there but it's got a case and right now you can you can certainly say after baylor loses that auburn uh is the best team in college basketball playing at this moment there and it's not just about jabari smith although he is just fantastic to watch at both ends of the floor walker kessler did not have a good game and auburn still manages to go on the road against the rival and a good alabama team that's played the toughest schedule of any power conference team in the country that's an objective stat as of this morning Auburn still wins you know Wendell Green uh, got just a beautiful beautiful shot and he's had a couple of really nice games over the past two weeks and Alan Flanagan's come back. Alan Flanagan, you know for people in the region that might not be overly familiar with Auburn when it wasn't that great a season ago Alan Flanagan was the team's best player and now he had he had an Achilles surgery in the offseason he's come back he's working his way back in Auburn's 14 and one and really could be 10 to 15 percent better a month from now. So kind of a scary thought there. The SEC is a really good conference. I think it's got the best top third of its league of any conference in America. And Auburn has a case to be the best team overall. And yes, Pearl got to the final four at the five seed in 2019 to get there again, uh, this year as a, as a, from the one line, I, I think Auburn's floor at this point with what it's accomplished and it's going to take losses for sure. I, I, I think the worst case scenario for Auburn basketball is that it's four seed. But if you ask me to predict right here today, I'm gonna, uh, I'll say Auburn to two. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're gonna take a few losses and resume the way it shakes out. SEC is too competitive, but t- a two seed huge stuff and yeah
1: Pearl's doing a great job I do want to pick your brain on the Big Ten but I want to ask you this question because I love the story look I'm born in 58 Mark Adams was born in 1956 I love when old guys get an opportunity and he certainly got one and clearly has paid his dues junior college coach forever Uh, and he was on the bench last night as his Red Raiders knocked off Baylor how about his story Matt Norlander Mark Adams did you see this coming
3: um, maybe a little bit. I didn't see them beating Baylor, but that's, you know, Mark Adams having served as an assistant recently under Chris Beard and then getting promoted from within, which was a very common trend we saw a year ago in men's college basketball where we had more than 60 jobs open. And I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think I think more than 20 of those jobs, high major, low major, mid-major, were promotions from within, were sitting assistants were actually bumped up. Mark Adams was one of them, and he's done a... He's done a terrific job so far. Now he was the defensive coordinator under Chris Beard. So let's let's remember Mm -hmm. here. Let's just quick a quick history lesson. Chris Beard was at Texas Tech for five seasons. There was no 2020 tournament, but had there been, Texas Tech would have gone to the tournament in Beard's four final seasons, and that of course included you know the uh, program's first Elite Eight run in 2018, and then its first championship uh, you know Final Four run uh, a year later. There, Mark Adams was the defensive mastermind for that team. When they were doing that, and Texas Tech was rating from an efficiency standpoint, uh, defensively, top ten in three of those five seasons, and top twenty in the last season, in Beer's final season at Texas Tech. So I did think that it was possible, but you know, a little more than two months into his first uh, his for- first foray into this, it's it's been great. Texas Tech plays high level defense, and I might wind up writing about this. A couple of weeks from now, because uh, I've talked to a couple of coaches earlier this season. Mark Adams' scheme and how he coaches defense and how they play—you, uh, if like coaches have told me, it's not really like a mainstream talking point yet. But if you actually like are scouting and prepping, you can kind of notice that in the past two or three seasons. His influence on that Texas Tech defense is actually people are stealing what he's doing, which is uh, an old thing in coaching. We know this. But people are stealing what he's doing and implementing it. And there are pros and cons to that for college basketball, by the way, because every coach wants this team to be as great defensively as it can be. But actually, cosmetically, it's not great for the sport. Uh, To watch Texas Tech play can sometimes be to watch some uh, pretty impressive defense and some upsets. But also, I will remind you that, you know, Texas Tech lost a 51-47 game, against Iowa State. It played Providence uh, and didn't lose and was not competitive. And then against Tennessee in early December, it it scored 57 points in overtime and really what was one of the worst games I've seen from a watchability standpoint in the past couple of years. So he's done a good job, but, and it's not his job to care about winning pretty or not. They do sometimes play ugly, but I think big picture, I hope not too many schools try and adopt this methodology because it's actually not good for college basketball if more games are decided in the high 50s, low 60s, as opposed to the low to mid to
2: high 70s. Well, to speaking of those games in the low 50s or upper 60s, uh, we're going to the Big Ten. And it is a mess right now. Michigan preseason top 10 team, they've been a disaster. Purdue, really talented, not good defensively. Iowa, same old song and dance, elite offense, awful defense. On and on and on. This conference, Illinois. They're figuring it out, and they're doing it without Corbello, who had a setback this week as it pertains to him. Michigan State's all right. The conference as a whole, though, the Big Ten certainly feels down, even as it is the right number 2 conference, according to Ken Palm, behind the Big 12. Your thoughts on the Big Ten?
3: Yeah, I don't know how down it is, to be honest, Trent. Um, the teams that like are out of it are Nebraska, Maryland, maybe Northwestern and Penn State, and then everyone else will seem to have a case. Michigan's been a huge disappointment. and It's on a pause there. But I will default and say maybe Michigan figures it out and makes a run there. I understand what you're saying, though. At the top right now, uh, because Wisconsin has been a good team and a surprise, but it hasn't been the situation where it's been, okay, Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, those four teams rank in the top 15 overall. We're just not seeing that quite yet. Again, Purdue is still the number one ranked offense in the country. The Hawkeyes are a top five offensive outfit in the country there. So there's still plenty of reason to have optimism with the big 10 and the big picture objectives. I think the league is looking at, I think, ah, man, I think the league can get seven teams into the tournament there. Just a matter of how things break and shake, right? Like Rutgers, been up and down what will we get from that um will you have a break in the standings where water finds its level and because it almost helps conferences sometimes when uh you have like a definitive bottom four that are just way out of the race and it allows some separation and you don't have your 11th or 12th place team kind of knocking off your number three team your number five team your number six team because that can sometimes muddy the waters and create uh, resumes where it might be more difficult to get in uh, to the tournament from an at-large situation. But credit to Illinois for what it's done: 12-3, and 3, uh, unbeaten in the league. Michigan State hasn't gotten a lot of pub, and some of that is validated because it doesn't have high-end wins yet. Like Michigan State, loyal Chicago, that's a good win. UConn, that's a good win. But there's, like, I don't think either of those teams are going to be anything, like, loyal Chicago will struggle to be anything better than, like, a six- or seven-seed. We know that. And UConn hasn't been fully healthy, but, uh, you know, I don't know if UConn can be better than a five seed. The so point is Michigan State just doesn't have a win yet against a potential one, two, three, four seed in the tournament, and that's why it hasn't received uh, any love just yet, or at least maybe what it's deserving of. It hosts Minnesota on Wednesday. Those are the two only two undefeated teams in Big Ten play, though. Illinois, Michigan State. But overall, to your question, Trent, I think that the Big Ten falls, I don't know, Big 12 is probably the best league. Maybe the SEC is second and Big Ten's third, but Big Ten has a case to be the second-best league, and I do think it's going to uh, be well-populated, and that will be reflected in this bid situation. Like At worst, it will have the third-most teams in the 2022 NCAA tournament.
1: Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, We uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your week, guys. Thank you. You're the same. Matt Norlander, we talk a little college basketball. More college sports, football with Bill Bender next. Ratings out from the national championship, way down. Not good. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Conditions apply. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to Bill Bender Our friend from the Sporting News, he covers college football, amongst other things. He was at Lucas Oil for the championship. On Monday night, Bill Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Where I want to start with you, Bill, is uh, television ratings, which came out. And I, I get it. I mean, you can take a look at these things and spin them whichever way that you know ESPN wants to. They're claiming that, uh, and I'm not saying that they're wrong in this claim, that it's the most watched non-NFL sporting event in the last two years. But the bottom line is 2014, when the playoff started, there were 34 million people watching the game. Monday night they were 22. Somehow they've lost 12 million sports fans along the way. Is that alarming, Bill?
0: Yeah. and it, You know, the problem that they have, and I've been talking about this all morning, is college football's regional. You can't, Ken, can, we can't sell Georgia-Alabama like we can that Raiders-Chargers Yeah, true. Everybody's watching Raiders-Chargers. Yeah. And nobody cared that they were two West Coast teams. And I... It's just it's trying to become a national sport, but all this wrangling about the playoff all and combined with the SEC's dominance, Alabama fatigue. Uh, my co-worker Mike DeCoursey pointed this out. Like he's covered thirty-one Final Fours, he's never seen a team get booed coming onto the title game <laughs> field, and uh, Alabama had that happen.
1: That, that's remarkable. Uh, Bill, let me ask you this, because with with the numbers being down, I, I have to think that in boardrooms somewhere they're trying to, what can we do different? You know, seemingly to me an easy answer to this, and, and maybe there's a reason why they can't. Why are they married to Monday night, Bill? We had Black Monday throughout the NFL. We're talking about the NFL playoffs coming up. They could own the week tuesday wednesday and then the game on thursday it gets in front of the wild card games why are they married to monday and do you think that there'll be a time that this game does move to later on in the week maybe i mean you know that's part of
0: this expansion plan they're still trying to wrangle out wrangle out details of how they're going to do the next phase um you know I, i hope that that they find a way to do that but um hard when you're competing with the nfl i mean at least they were competing with week 18 instead of in past seasons i've been there and it's been you know a, a divisional weekend i've covered a title game on a wild card weekend and that i, I get frustrated with my stories because i was like man nobody's reading these but <laughs> the bottom line is everybody's reading about the nfl
2: yeah it makes it difficult no doubt and i i think a fair point there there's always the nfl and that's always going to be a problem ultimately it's about getting to an expanded playoff and getting more inclusion into this thing. What is ultimately holding this up? Is it the Alliance of the big 10 ACC and the PAC 12? Is it one conference in particular? Is it Jim Phillips and the ACC continue to hear murmurs about that? What is ultimately holding this all up?
0: I think it's the, the automatic qualifiers and trying to figure out who, how many, Mm -hmm. how how does, how do we divvy those up? I I think that's your biggest hangup right now. Um, in terms of that. Uh but and it's not an easy answer because everybody's protecting their own interests, And that's what college football is. It's I think Bob Bolsby put it best. He was very disappointed yep. in the press conference afterward he that everybody's protecting their silos and not thinking about what's best for college football. And I think he's on target because this is a guy that you know not to take his side, but he's a guy that sat in these meetings while Greg Sankey took his team <laughs> right. So I think there's a lot of heightened distrust yeah. between the conferences right now.
1: I, I think you're spot on. So did, you were there, Bill. you were in Indianapolis. That's where the play, the the, the uh, powers that be were meeting. Was there optimism at any point that there, that there's going to be an announcement uh, relatively quickly that this is going to expand? And and if so, at what point over the weekend did it seem like, you know what, this is going the exact opposite way. We're right back to where we started. Did that happen at all?
0: Well, I mean, no. I I think there was not a lot of optimism at all. I mean, they went at it for three days, and then they come up with this. And I I still think the automatic qualifier part is what they're trying to figure out. But, I mean, we'll figure out the TV and I'll figure out the timing and the role of the Bull games and that, yes, the Rose Bull's is going to be a factor in this mm-hmm. and, and another stubborn part of it. But you know, the night before the title game, I, I was up late and I was I stayed up and watched that ESPN 50 150, uh, the bulls pulled one that episode. And I, and it just amazing how they did that. First of all, and it, that we're still having these weird playoff debates now. Um, yeah. You know, to me, Ken, one one solution that they won't do that they should do, I just get rid of automatic qualifiers. I, I would play your play your conference championships and
2: put twelve best teams in. That's what they should do. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they probably yeah. won't, mm-hmm. and that's the frustrating part. I look to 2022, Bill Alabama, your preseason number one. Ohio State right behind them. New blood, though, this year. Getting some new blood. We got it with Michigan and Cincinnati. Who's the team that you're targeting if you're looking for somebody a little bit off the board that you think can make a run coming up this season?
0: About about as off the board I can get for you as Clemson right now. Oh, my gosh. I mean, mean, that top four is pretty good with what they got coming back. I mean, like a Wake force, they could build on what they did and maybe – They've got a lot of returning starters. I, I've heard a lot of people talking about them. Um, y- you know, I, I guess Texas A&M, and, and I, I'm not going to say Texas. I can't. Other than all, the only thing I'm going to say about Texas, we're going to talk about them all summer, I know we are, because there's going to be a <laughs> lot of excitement for them with Quinn Ewers. Yeah, And I know he's a freshman, but whenever you get compared to Trevor Lawrence, the arm talent, mm-hmm. and they're going to have Bijan Robinson back, I think people are going to talk about Texas, but I'm I've, I'm not walking into that trap again.
1: Would you Not walk? Yet. Would you walk into a Utah trap? Because they're uh, the one like I have be, my eye on. That's a good one.
0: I mean, uh, and then build off what they did in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. They need to break through and win the Pac-12 and, and do it without the. You know, once Cam Rising got going, they were pretty good, mm-hmm. and I think they'll they'll play with a lot of confidence next year because of the way that they played in the Rose Bowl. I mean, if if uh, the quarterback Rising doesn't go down, mm-hmm. they may be have won that game.
2: Bill, good stuff as always. So as we put a cap on this season, what is gonna be your biggest memory of the twenty twenty one college football season? What's the memory that's gonna stick with you the most?
0: Um, probably going to that Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah. Um first time in a decade that they've won, the energy that created. Mm-hmm. Um also going to the Georgia game. I mean, I told our so I coached my son's basketball team and I told him last night we talked told him at the end of the game, I was like, you know how many stars Stetson Bennett had, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know how many style points he had? None. But there he was, and he, he made the, the critical throws at the right time. He, he'll never have to buy a drink in Georgia again. Nope. And, uh, the way he looked on Good Morning America, I was actually impressed. I mean, if I had had a couple drinks the night before, I would. Uh, I thought he did all right.
1: <laughs> he pulled it together. Bill Bender, uh, SportingNews.com. SportingNews.com. He's got his way too early up there. Very busy guy, still pumping out the content. Bill, we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Bill Bender. Hey, you guys take care. Have a good one. Good Bye. to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Off to Chicago next. John Lester he's not the biggest free agent signing in Chicago, who is it? We'll ask Cappy. Well, there's a little Bears vacancy or two as well. We'll get into that. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.